0: Of the keys of the kingdom, Uh, we were going to Skype in, but Skype wasn't there at first. So now we're Skyped in, and that's Paul Bethke, who's my co-host here. And uh, I'm—I sent out a notice to everybody that we were having this show on Republics, and uh, evidently, I sent it to the old list instead of the new list, uh, which is par for the course. uh, Trying to do everything early in the morning, and the computer's not working here. Okay, now it's working. (laughs) And uh, uh, what we're going to be talking about is this concept of a republic, and it is really unbelievably misunderstood by almost everybody today. And so what that means is we've really got our job cut out for us. Uh, to explain what a republic is, what a pure republic is. And, of course, this has been the problem since the beginning from Adam and Eve on is that the deceiver comes in and he wants to make you imagine or think or uh, be deceived because he gives you some of the truth, but he doesn't give you the whole truth. He redefines words slightly so that you do not quite understand what he's saying. Like, surely you will not die. Well, surely you will die. But in one sense of the word, you will not die. So when we talk about a republic, you know, because you've gone to public school and because you've gotten bits and pieces of puzzles and because they have changed the definition of words, I mean, if you go back to... uh, a uh, 1927 Army field manual it will talk to you about democracy being a terrible form of government, a horrible form of government. Why are they telling soldiers this? Is because American armies would oppose a democracy in any shape or form because it is mob rule. It is not a good government. It is a bad government. That's why you can go back in history and find all sorts of early Americans talking bad things about democracies. I couldn't find hardly anybody who was talking good things about democracies if you go back in all the history
1: books that
0: are old history books. But by 1945 the Army Field Manual says democracy is a great thing and we should be all fighting for democracy. So somebody changed what was in the books and because we've become habitual and I read it in a book now we've gone so far as I saw it on the net so it must be true
1: (laughs) it's not
0: necessarily true it's maybe extremely false Uh, and we need to find out what is false and what is true and it's going to take a willingness to look at what we've already learned and determine that is that true have I been deceived we have to look at things objectively uh, and we haven't done that we haven't done that for a long time now we've been looking at things as if we already know and we don't already know so we need to change our way of looking at things and be willing to change it have enough humility to Change the way in which we have perceived things so that we can begin to see the truth and act upon that truth. Now that I've got this email that I sent out to notice everybody to the wrong groups this morning, I will send it out again <laughs> and hopefully get it out to all the people that are on the network so they'll turn into the show and start listening to our two hours of monologue about uh, what a pure republic really is. I said earlier in the blog talk that uh, somebody had been writing me and immediately when he saw uh, that we were going to have this show on republics, a pure republic, he thought, well, uh, why do we need a republic? Uh, We should just obey God. And or uh, see if I can find his emails in here, and I can quote him because I I told I wrote him that I would quote him. <laughs> so if he, if he uh, listened in to the show, uh, he uh, he's uh, laboring under some false assumptions that um, that uh, the uh, gospel wasn't about government. And I can understand that because that is something that most of us have no idea of. And one of the questions he asked when, after I responded to his first post, which I didn't find here. Let's see if I can find his first post here. Um, he uh, asked a question uh, your recent article, which, uh, Pure Republics, do we serve and why do we have one? Which pure republic did Paul and them serve? The Roman Senate, uh, the Caesar, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't make full sentences. The Roman Senate, the Caesar, God? Um, actually, no. Uh, they they didn't serve, he doesn't understand a republic. A, a pure republic, you're free from things public. Liber re res publica, and we talk about this in the book Higher Liberty. In a pure republic, there is no corporate nature to the government because you re, you continue to possess all your rights. All those rights you were endowed with by God belong to you. You're not subject to administrative law. You're not subject to acts and, and uh, legislation of a Sanhedrin or a Congress or a Senate. They don't make law. Law already exists. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not uh, steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. They already exist. So who is the fountainhead of justice when somebody breaks those laws? Is it Congress? Is it the judicial system appointed by some elected leader? That's not a republic. That's a democracy. That's an indirect democracy. Where you elect representatives and they go out and decide fact and law. They determine what the law is, and they write it down, and they send you a royal proclamation from your little uh, group of synods. You know, the original Senate in Rome couldn't pass any laws. They didn't make laws that governed the individual men. They made laws governing the people who were to serve in government, but they couldn't make laws making the people serve. They didn't have that power unless the people started entering into... Activities that could be regulated by law, but the average l- life that you live, that's not regulated by statute. That was regulated by, you know, this common law. They had the 12 precepts or the 12 uh, laws on their tablets, the 12 tablets. Well, the, Moses had two tablets with 10 laws, and they were called the commandments. That's all the law they needed. Oh, yeah, he had statutes, but his statutes were really kept separate. They were kept in another container. They weren't kept in the Ark of the Covenant. Does it mean that we shouldn't look at his statutes? No, absolutely we should. He's telling us how the law is applied. If a man digs a pit and he leaves it in a place where somebody might fall in, he's created a hazard and he may be held responsible for that as if he actually committed a crime. He created a danger and got somebody hurt. So, therefore, whoever decides fact and law, he can look at the statutes and say, you know, this guy created a hazard. Or he could say, oh, look, he had he invited all these people up on his rooftop and he didn't have a balcony, uh, a railing. That goes around there to protect them, and somebody fell off. Well, that was stupid to have those people come up there when you had no railing. That was endangering them. Where he put in a railing that would just fall over, you know, if anybody leaned on it. Well, that was, it was like creating a man trap. That's against the law. That was creating a hazard. It shows a lack of love for your neighbor, and you could be held responsible. It's called criminal negligence. But you don't have to have a statute. You can just see that. And the enforcers of law is every man. And the ones who decide fact and law are the jury of your peers. How do you get a jury? Well, if you're in a congregation, you've chosen to be in that congregation, the elders are already the jury. They will decide fact and law, just like you see with Rehoboam. Uh, Not Rehoboam, Boaz. Boaz and Ruth, we're gonna decide this law, this fact and law situation today. And they go down and ask the elders. Now if you're from two different congregations and you get to pick six of the jurors and he gets to pick six of the jurors and and then you decide they decide fact and law. And that's how you do it. You know, if he doesn't want to be tried, then you oust them from their community. You might have to stone them. Throw rocks at him and say, go away from us, you lawbreaker. We all agree you're a lawbreaker. You don't care about any of us. We're not going to do any more deals with you. We're not going to make any more exchanges with you. We're not going to have any part of you. And we're all going to get along and do this because we all are tending to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. And the only one you will have to come to your defense is the world. And the world will not come to your defense unless you bow down and serve it. You see, in a republic, you do not bow down and serve anything but your conscience. Your God-given conscience, hopefully. That's what a republic is because you're free from things public. You haven't given any right to decide over yourself and what you decide to do during the day to anybody else but you and God. That's a pure republic because the leaders that you pick they're titular, in name only. They have no authority. That's in the definition of a republic, which we can read over and over again to you. If you read in the book, Covenants of the Gods, this is explained in great detail. And uh, I can I can pull these up and, and, and read them to you now. But I think you can kind of begin to understand that a republic... What What was the early republic? Here's a quote for you. Throughout history, rulers and court intellectuals have aspired to use the educational system to shape their nations. The model was set out by Plato in, referring to the book, The Republic. And again, that's Plato's Republic. That isn't the original concept of Republic. And was constructed most faithfully in the Soviet, Russian, fascist, Italy, and Nazi Germany. One can see how irresistible a vehicle the schools would be to any social engineer. They represent a unique opportunity to mold future citizens early in life to instill in them the proper reverence for the ruling culture and to prepare them to be obedient and obeisant taxpayers and soldiers. That's from Sheldon Richmond in his book Separating School and State. The fact that you went to public school shows me that you are already a socialist. You already believe that it's okay to force your neighbor to contribute to your child's education at the point of a gun because that's how the public school systems are set up. So if you believe that that is okay to do, which evidently most Christians believe that that is okay to do, then as you judge, so shall ye be judged. So if somebody comes along and wants health care, they have the right to force you to contribute to their health care, to their welfare, to whatever. I mean, you thought it was okay to force them to contribute to your child's education at the point of a gun? And who got to decide how much you're going to give? Not titular leaders, certainly not titular leaders in name only. It was the men that you have chosen for yourself. Go and cry unto those men, those gods, who get to decide what is right for you to do. What is right and what is wrong. They say, it is right that you pay for your neighbor's education. So you have to do it. And people say to me, oh, well if you don't vote, you don't have a right to complain. Tell you what, if you do vote, you don't have a right to complain. Because you bet you could win that election. You bet that you could get your guy in. You bet you could get Ron Paul elected. And Ron Paul would fix everything. Guess what? In Israel, they bet that if they got Saul, Ron Saul collected. <laughs> I don't think his name is Ron Saul. He, Saul was a great guy. Ron Paul's a great guy. I don't know what would happen if Ron Paul became president. And I, I don't have anything against him. I don't want to pick on him. I'm, I don't usually use the names of people that are alive today. But Saul was a great guy. He was a defender of justice and righteousness everywhere he went. But when he became king, he was corrupted by that power. Shame on those people for electing him. The election of Saul as the leader of Israel was a rejection of God. So the election of anybody, no matter how good he is, to be the ruler over you is already a rejection of God. That's right. If you are being told in your church to vote, to go out there and vote for a new leader... I don't care how good he is. He's as good as Saul. Good as David, even. Then you are rejecting God. Boy, there's an awful lot of pastors that got a lot to answer for. Because that's what it says in the Bible. It's because they, they can do it. They certainly can do it. They have a right to do it. Samuel 8. It isn't because they've rejected you, Samuel, pastor. And I could name some pastors here, but I'll be nice and I won't name them. But you guess it. Which, what pastors do you know that tells you to get out there and vote? Elect somebody to be ruler over you. But elect the right one, like Saul. Well, that pastor... Is telling you to reject God. Samuel never said elect Saul. He said, look, you go out there and start electing men like Saul, and this is what's going to happen. They're going to take your sons and your daughters. They're going to make their instruments of war. They're going to make your sons run before their chariots. They're going to take from your your best of your fields. They're going to take and take and take and take and take. And then... In your day of iniquity, in your day of calamity, go and cry unto the gods that you have chosen for yourself, the men you have chosen for you to make your laws for you, because God will not hear you in that day. So your pastors are telling you to get involved in an enterprise that will cut the ear of God off from your cries of desperation. God ain't even hearing you sing in your churches because you've already rejected him and gone whoring after the gods of the Gentiles, the nations round about you, the people round about you. Why? Because you wanted the benefits that he could provide for, for you even though you knew he was a benefactor who only could do that by exercising authority one over the other. You have been electing Procrustian I'm having trouble saying that this morning. Procrustian leaders. Not titular leaders. You've been electing leaders that want to produce conformity by violent and arbitrary means. And that is rejecting God. And if you're rejecting God, you're rejecting Jesus Christ. I don't care if you tell me you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you think you're saved. You're under a strong delusion, promoted by ministers and pastors and religionists all over the world. They've lied to you. They've deceived you. They are workers of iniquity. And they have brought you back into a bondage worse than that of Egypt to have not brought you to the pure republic that Christ preached. A republic where the leaders, Peter, John, James, Barnabas, were titular. They could not force you to contribute. You owe 10% taxes to the kingdom of God. Levites did not kick in your door. They did not throw you in jail. They did not fine you if you did not give them 10%. You had to choose every day whether you were going to support the church republic or not. Were you going to take care of the needy? We we have a widow, a lady, husband, just died. She's up in New Hampshire now. Actually, I'm not sure she's still in New Hampshire. I know her son was going to go and pick her up. But she was in Rhode Island, so if her son's picked her up, she's probably headed back to Rhode Island. Who's going to take care of her? Who are you going to, who are going to cry out to the benefactors who exercise authority? Now, she, she probably has an entitlement. She can she can apply for that, and I will not fault her in that, because what I am going to fault is the people who claim that they they go to church. I say they don't even know what church is. Where is her congregation? Is her congregation going to support her? I'm sure she's an able bodied worker. She's probably not gonna do as much as she could do twenty years ago or thirty years ago, but she has always been industrious from what I have seen. So how how are you gonna take care well, that's what South of Security is for. Social Security is the Corbyn of the Pharisees, and it makes the word of God to none effect, and that's why you're back in bondage again. If you want to be free, don't tell me you're going to proclaim your constitutional rights. Don't give me big, long speeches about how you have rights given to you by God. Show me you're taking on the responsibilities of God. This is what Christ was preaching, the pure republic of the kingdom of God, where the leaders that you chose, to support. We're actually working for your freedom and your liberation from Caesar. These are the men who say there is another king. What did that king do? I appoint unto you a kingdom. Who's he talking to? The apostles. But you are not to be like the princes of the Gentiles, the other nations. In other words, he's saying you're the princes of the kingdom. You're the leaders of the kingdom. You're the rulers of the kingdom. But in the kingdom of God, we do not force the contributions. There is no Procrustean nature to the leaders of Christ's government. They are not going to force you to contribute. You must choose to contribute on your own. You must give willingly, freely. Over and over again in the Bible, you say free will offerings. What was this republic that we see in Israel? Way back then when Moses was setting it up. Wasn't that a government? Didn't he set up a government? I mean, there was was a million people depending upon that government. These Israelites. So what, what were they doing? What were they really a part of? this Israel that they created it was very much a system of government and it defeated all foes that came against it year after year after year generation after generation what was going on how was it doing this it was doing it very easy It was doing it because they had learned to come together and depend upon each other in in free will offerings, free will offerings over and over again. And they would take care of their needy. And they would develop the bonds of a government through faith, hope, and charity, not through force, fear, and compliance. There's a maxim in the law. The civil law reduces the unwilling freedmen to his original slavery. What is the civil law? The civil law is the law that men make for themselves. Man, homo, is a term of nature. Person, persona, is a term of the civil law. When you become a person in a corporate government, you become a member you In the kingdom of God, you remain an individual, a free soul under God. You give or not give according to your God-given conscience. And if God says to give and you choose not to give to help your neighbor, then you will suffer a terrible loss. You will suffer the loss of the support of the Holy Spirit of God. And you will go against the enemy alone. You will run out ahead of the Lord. And that's what so many men are doing and that's why they're failing. They haven't taken care of the responsibility of being righteous. We'll return in a moment to keep to the kingdom and find out more about what a pure
1: republic really is in the gospel.
2: fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com
3: The Greatest Prophecy DVD Cross the Border Productions Embrace the little known but greatest prophecy given by the great high priest the pre-incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold the end times in Daniel chapter 2, because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven-year great tribulation deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion, because if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Be America, in prophecy, exposed for all to see. The Mark of the Beast, no, it's not a biochip. A much better and more secure technology is already here, and you are already using it. We will bonus you with a free copy of Richard Bennett's DVD, The Inquisition, when you send a support donation of $25 to First Amendment Radio. Visit the shopping page at our website, or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, California, 93274. Make copies and give them away. Send $25 cash or 3250 U.S. for international priority mail that's First Amendment Radio 139 East Tulare Avenue Tulare T-U-L-A-R-E California 93274 A wise man is forewarned and prepares for the time to come The Greatest Prophecy DVD Now listen to me the Bible says render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Yeah. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth Will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church.
2: Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now
3: listen to me.
0: Well, we're back. Uh, Paul is my co-host, uh, and Paul's got the telephone number if you want to call in with a question, or is there any other activity that you wanted to bring up, Paul?
4: I just wanted to find out uh, when you wanted to start taking questions. We've had a couple of people trying to call in, and I've been holding off
0: until, Uh we ready. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's a good time to start taking calls. <laughs> sounds
4: good. Uh, sorry I, I um, held off on you, but feel free to call back in. And the number is 414-395-2442. Right.
0: Well, we have uh, a number of other ways to stay in touch. Uh, I guess there's a chat room here, too, if you're on Liberty Radio Live listening. Uh, there'll be a link there to a chat room. And actually, I should be in the chat room. Maybe I can help keep track of what's going on there. And Paul can give me cues, too, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> You can just speak up anytime, Paul. I think it's really a good idea to have uh, more than just my voice on here ranting and raving about uh, make straight the way of the Lord. <laughs> uh, all
4: right. We do have a call coming in all at the conference here. Okay, you're on.
0: Okay, caller, do you have a question?
4: Hello? From Connecticut, I think. Okay, and it could
0: be Claude. Do you have a question? Can you hear us?
4: We can't hear you. Try again. Okay, they hung up.
0: Okay, it was wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> they have called
4: quite a few times since the beginning of the show. I don't. They're having phone problems or something. Oh, okay. okay. I think Isabel is trying to call in too. So give it a try, Isabel.
0: Okay. Uh, anyway, well, we're talking about what a pure republic is, and most people have no idea. They they wouldn't know a free government if they ran up and bit them. In uh, a free government, people have the right to choose not just once every four years, to choose who will rule over them for the next four years. Uh, they have the right to choose every day who will serve them. And a teacher government is a servant government. Now, is that a caller coming in? Sure is. So who's this?
5: This is Bob from Long Island, New York. Good morning. Okay. Bob the fox, as we affectionately refer to you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Good morning. Yeah, I have a question, and it's regards to um, the difference between um voting and casting your ballot. And in voting, um, you're voting by, you know putting your 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 mark on a piece of paper and go and it's deposited somewhere and counted. When you cast your uh, uh, under suffrage, is it true that you can become an elector? instead of a voter and you have more importance
0: you know i you know again it, it has to do with the venue that you're in rather than the vocabulary both uh, the the wicked and the good will find themselves using the same words to describe something that is absolutely different and separate um if you're electing somebody who can make law, exercise authority, uh, expand the legal system, uh, you're whether you're going to call it casting your ballot or voting or electing, it's really not going to make any difference. The end result is the same. You're giving power to an individual to make law on your behalf. In the United States, federal democracy is an indirect democracy that elects somebody who makes rules over you. If you become a member... See, originally, the the, the only ones who were going to be allowed to vote was the property class. Uh, that was actually in the Bill of Rights, that the only one who was going to be allowed to vote for these titular leaders, they really didn't have any power to, you know, say you owed income tax or they couldn't make sales tax on individuals. Uh, they could impose tariff and excise taxes on foreign trade. That was it. Uh, they the The excise tax had to do with taxes on use. Well, if you owned the land, they couldn't put a, a property tax on it. They couldn't put a use tax on it. You owned your car, they couldn't put a use tax on it. You wouldn't have to pay any usury tax to use it. You wouldn't have to get a license to use it. It's, it's not... Uh, the Constitution is the vehicle by which they've been allowed to create an administrative government to administer a gigantic trust, which actually was called the largest trust in the history of the world when it was being voted on. This Federal Reserve System was going to create the largest trust in the history of the world. It's gone bankrupt several times. Uh, They've expanded it under Social Security, and everybody's become collateral for the debt. And so now, the only election they have is to elect the leaders who are going to exercise authority over that trust and impose taxes on the members of that trust. And it's called the unrighteous mammon in the Bible. So, you know, there's... I, I don't believe that there's any way that you can vote without being a part of that system because this organic constitution has gone from being this tiny little two-horned authority to this gigantic devouring beast. Um, I think William O. Douglas put it pretty well when he said that it, we have to come to realize that the new George the Third is this vast bureaucracy. That doesn't change no matter who you vote.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're the
0: ones that are running things. They're the ones that are controlling things. Uh, you can elect a leader after a leader after a leader, and and it's the vast bureaucracy uh, that's going to be chucking people in jail and fining people and 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 draining the life out of people. And that bureaucracy isn't going to go away until the entire system collapses. And I'm I'm afraid there is no other solution, but in order to change the side of the equation that people are on, they need to start doing what Christ said and start forming this natural government bound by faith, open charity, by forming these congregations that actually begin to care about one another. We're yeah. still way back in the early days of John the Baptist. We haven't got anywhere clear close to what Christ was doing. <laughs> and yeah. we have stayed so far away. So anyway, but it's great to hear from you. Was there any other question you had?
5: Um yeah, I had one other question and that's regards to um other than having a church license uh when it finally comes about, um is there any way any documents that we can carry in our car, say for instance in our glove compartment that we can present in a timely manner? to uh, notify them uh, who we are and that we're not in in commerce and we don't have any passengers we we just have guests
0: right Uh, well now I'll I'll talk about that uh, for a little bit then there's a number of people I've had recent emails in Michigan and other places Uh, there there are so many layers to the control that they have if they don't get you on one layer they'll get you on another layer (laughs) We, we have spent so much time going in this wrong direction. And people are saying, well, we have a right to travel. We're not involved in commerce. But the fact is, is, if you have legal title to a car. If there's a legal title attached to that car, and that's what most people are using, is a legal title. A legal title, by definition, carries with it no beneficial interest. Beneficial interest is also called beneficial use. It is the right to use the property. So if you have legal title... It does not include, by definition, the beneficial use or the right to use the property. Therefore, that property can be regulated and you are in commerce because the car itself is in commerce because you only have a legal title. You don't have a lawful title to the car. A car Uh is basically dirt. It's iron and steel and copper. Those are all dirt elements. If you actually owned that car, uh, and had the capacity to own that car, then you could hop in it and travel all over the country, and there's no license required. And they actually state that in the statutes that if you're, you know, I mean, if you if you're in a car that's licensed in Canada, you can drive it all over the United States. If you're in a car that's licensed in Mexico, you could drive all over the United States, travel all over the United States. I should use that word correctly, yeah. in that car. But you also have to be from a jurisdiction that either doesn't require a license or have a license from that jurisdiction. You could, you could have a car, uh, that's licensed in Mexico and you're from Canada and you can travel all over the United States in that car. It's absolutely legal. Now, if you were licensed in the Vatican, you could travel all over the United States in any car, uh, and they can't give you, well, they could give you a ticket, but I don't know how they would enforce it. Uh, because, and they don't, you know, if uh, many of these Mexican drivers that are traveling around the country, they don't even bother giving them a ticket anymore. Uh, if they, they have change. a Mexican license. Uh, because how is it enforceable? How are they going to get them into court, these truck drivers? And I've heard cops say that right out. Well, it just they don't even want us to write them a ticket. Just let them go, uh, because they're not licensed in that jurisdiction, and and there's a kind of a prefunctory uh, approach to uh, letting them uh, just travel around any way they want. <laughs> oh, but anyway, uh, uh, in history there, in Justinian laws, there was a thing called the logos, which we refer to as the word, but in the Greek it's, it's logos and it was actually issued by the church and allowed uh, members of the church to travel anywhere. But that was originally just for the ministers of the church because they didn't have any access to any other ID. The key thing is we can't even get to that point where uh, we're doing this on any large scale until people actually form congregations where they're taking care of one another. As long as people are plugged into Social Security and plugged into the benefits of these benefactors, They're not going to let you travel down their roads. They're going to regulate you so that you actually have to get one of their licenses. But they're already making the distinction of opting out by saying that if you do not have a Social Security number, you can't even get one of their licenses. You have to have a Social Security number for benefit purposes. That's their words. For benefit purposes, or you can't have a driver's license. Well, if you're not allowed to have a driver's license because you're not, they're using the Social Security number to determine jurisdiction. And I've seen this in courts already where they actually hold up somebody's Social Security number and say, yes, we have, when they're questioning jurisdiction, we have jurisdiction. In a divorce case, we have jurisdiction because he's got a Social Security number. They didn't hold up the marriage license. They held up the Social Security number. Uh, because that's the mark of the beast. That is how they tell if you belong to them because you've got that number. So nobody should be thinking about traveling down the road without a license as long as they have a Social Security number. And if they don't have a Social Security number, if they're going to travel down the road, they're already there. (laughs) Now the question is how did they do it without getting arrested? Well, I tell you, you have to form this network uh, recently we had somebody who was put in jail, not on an arrest warrant, a kind of a protective custody order, uh, and was held overnight in jail and was told that nobody was going to, uh, no judges were available to hear his case probably till next week, so he would have been in jail over the weekend, which had been Thanksgiving weekend, uh, and he would have missed... Uh, his bonus at work and everything because of this it would have been a tremendous hardship but he had a dream that night that he'd be getting out the the next day and yet they told him the next day that he wasn't gonna be getting out, he wasn't gonna see a judge. And lo and behold all of a sudden they brought him in front of a judge and he got out. Even though he was told he wasn't gonna get in front of a judge. I think it's very possible to assume that the reason that they decided to put him in front of a judge is because people were contacting those offices saying, why is he in jail at all? (laughs) He had not committed any crime. He wasn't arrested for any crime. He didn't do anything. That was a uh, criminal offense. It was absolute just bullying action by a local judge who was trying to flex his personal muscles and could do it with a wave Mm -hmm. of a pen because of the mindless bureaucracy that's enforcing their policies. And um, so he got out. If we form a network of congregations that actually care about each other as much as they care about themselves, which is what Christ was preaching, which I do not see in the churches at all today, uh and I mean at all, I see a counterfeit appearance of that. But when it really comes down to it, they're not there for each other. Um, then you will see people, they will not want to stop you. If you had everybody who's going to church, I mean, most churches should be meeting at courts. (laughs) Because Jesus said, attend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. You don't attend to uh, law by singing in a chapel or a church. To attend the law by going down to the courthouse and saying, Why are you arresting these people? Why are you fining these people? Why are you injuring these people? <laughs> but in order for us to come down there, we also want to see people seeking righteousness, not forcing their neighbor to provide them with welfare, not forcing their neighbor to provide them with free education. You know, so here I am repeating the first half of the show again. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> thanks for the call, uh, okay. Bob. Good to hear your voice. God and bless you. You too. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, you can see how important. This is what the early church was doing, was gathering uh, together in these congregations. Uh, and we show this in the book, Thy Kingdom Come. And people go around with their Bibles and say, oh, you know, hanging on to it like the Torah and all we have to do is obey God. That's right. Well, let's start doing it. <laughs> how? By having your little hideaway congregation or your little group somewhere in the hills Are you preaching the kingdom? You're preaching the little hideaway congregation. The kingdom is congregations who love the next congregation as much as they love their own. Congregations in Florida, loving congregations in Oregon as much as the ones in Oregon love the ones in Australia. And the only way you can do that to really love in action is to create a network. Otherwise, you're burying your talent. You're hiding it away. You're not caring about one another. It's, a, it's a, such a simple little solution. But it has worked time and time again throughout history. This is all Israel was, was a pure republic. The leaders were the Levites. How did you get the Levite of your particular congregation, who was the minister of your particular Was it appointed from the Pope Levite from the top somewhere? <laughs> you chose him. And you tithe to him according to his service. That's a direct quote right out of the Bible. Well translated. Tithe to him according to his service. You gave, you, He was paid if he did the job. If he didn't do the job, you didn't pay him. He was employed by God, but you chose to provide him with his salary. And what was he doing? He was health, education, and welfare. He was FEMA. In order for him to do that job of being FEMA... He needed to connect with other ministers because he was going to need their help, their counsel, their assistance when the problem was too big for one congregation. They didn't need insurance. They didn't need social insurance. They didn't need Social Security. They had it in the church in the wilderness, ministered by voluntary ministers who were paid if they did the job. Can you imagine having a government like that? You can't have that with selfish people. You can't have that with non-virtuous people. So that's what a republic is. It's being free from things public where a democracy cannot come in and steal away your rights and say this, that, or the other thing. So anyway, do we have any other callers want to come in? You want to give the number again, Paul?
4: You bet. The number again is 414-395-2442.
0: Okay, well... Uh, any activity in the chat room or were they all dumbfounded again
4: <laughs> I don't know that they're dumbfounded but Scott's got them going on a few uh, a few comments there's okay, a big okay well, uh
0: I was looking around here at the the original posts that were coming in uh early this uh the other day and uh last night and this morning on this idea of Republic and uh, And again, the individual was laboring under the idea that the United States was a republic. We covered this in uh, the blog talk originally, but the United States was never, the United States federal government created by the Constitution of the United States is never, ever, ever, ever been a republic. It does not say that it's a republic. There are people that have suggested that it's a republic. According to the American creed, it is not a republic. It is a democracy within a republic. And it is, in fact, an indirect federal democracy in a republic. In the republic, there are people free from things public because they have only titular leaders. And the leaders that you used to elect in the United States in in question to most of your rights were, in essence, titular. It wasn't pure. As soon as you allowed that United States federal government to enter into the jurisdiction of the states, which it had no jurisdiction in originally, uh, but as soon as you were allowing that to happen, it became less and less pure. Certainly, when you began to use federal reserve notes instead of just weights and measures, that certainly was less pure when you applied to the United States federal government for your federal employee identification number in order to obtain social security, social salvation. (laughs) That's what you wanted, social salvation. That's where you get your salvation. In times of need, who do you pray to? You pray to the government. Our Father, who art in Washington, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come when thy will be done, and we pay you what you ask. (laughs) That's the prayer you say. That when you say in church on Sunday, that's just lip service. You're just deceived. You're under a strong delusion. You imagine that you only enter the kingdom of heaven when you're dead. You think the kingdom of heaven is for the dead. It's for the living. So, I, you know, I, I'm so redundant with this over and over again. <laughs> so maybe I should put some pressure on Paul to help me. Uh, where do you think we should go with this? Where do you think that people are not understanding this? Uh, you, I suppose you're glancing at the chat room a little bit.
4: Um, where do I think we should go with this? Well,
0: yeah, I mean, this concept of republic. I mean, basically, they're not in a republic. They're in an indirect democracy. In a republic, your leaders are titular. They have no authority to make decisions for you. They cannot compel your taxes in any way, shape, or form. They're all free will offering. That's a pure republic. Uh, because all your rights to decide are still in your hands. If there's a need to decide fact and law, it's done to a jury of your peers. Uh, so uh, that we're not, none of that is true today. Nobody goes into a uh, jury trial anymore where the jury gets to decide based on, uh, decide fact and law based on their own God-given conscience. They take an oath before they even sit in the jury box to decide this according to the state of da-da-da or the federal laws or whatever it is they're a jury on. So nobody is following Christ. I suppose we could maybe take this in the direction of 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 what Christ was actually doing
4: well, I think it's funny that you mentioned you know you're so redundant with it and uh and yet your message is the same it's consistent but what what we're seeing i think at least what i'm seeing is the people that get to hear this on the radio show over and over are the ones that it's kind of you know ringing true with and it's starting to to mesh with the spirit they're hearing within their soul, and it's important and the people that aren't able to listen to the radio they seem to be the ones that are uh having problems grasping these things so the fact that you're redundant and saying it over and over i think is important
0: right yeah i guess it is important i mean this is the voice of one crying in the wilderness make straight the way of the lord and we do that every week <laughs> so uh and hopefully we get some more people but just hearing the message means nothing if people don't start becoming those doers of the Word. Amen. I, I tell you what, when we, we come back, we'll take some more callers. Uh, I guess that beep is we're coming up on our, our break here. And uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about how Jesus was operating in that government, the apostles, in the early days of the church.
6: You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.
2: If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at libertyradiolive.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all the First Amendment rights media group programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you can request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $20. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You can do all this online at LibertyRadioLive.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at the First Amendment Rights Media Group. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. Liberty Radio Live.com.
1: Well,
0: welcome back uh, to Keys of the Kingdom, and we're talking with. Uh, Paul Bethke here uh, some Uh, and Paul can you give them that telephone number so we can get some more callers you bet they would like to ask a
4: question questions to 414-395-2442
0: and I was trying to load the chat room and it's loading extremely slow which maybe means that there's a lot of people
4: on not too many today
0: not too many yeah uh
4: if you wanted, I could I could give you the uh, questions that Scott started out with and uh, okay. got them going with. I might have to scroll back quite a way, though, here. Um, it started with, how can a person, in quotes, that has left the presence of Yahweh and contracted, consented, and prayed to the governments of man have any rights that come from God or Yahweh?
0: Well, you have, you know, a man in jail has all the rights that he had before he was put in jail. He just doesn't have access to them unless he can get through the bars. Uh, Your rights are unalienable, inalienable, however you want to put it. Uh, They're there, but you don't necessarily have access to them anymore because you've barred yourself by creating all these contracts and covenants and which is, of course, why God says to make no covenants with them or with their gods because you will lose access to your rights. You won't be able to decide anymore. Now those gods have a right to decide for you what is right and what is wrong. So the fact is most people are not going to get out of the existing system simply because they filled out some papers and they waved their hands or whatever. Uh, they can say, well, they had no right to... You know, uh, it wasn't a real contract because where was the terms for the agreement? Well, you're talking written contracts. The fact is, constructive contracts are real. Uh, they can become executed if they involve debt, and certainly where they really got everybody is they've got them into bondage. You went to public school, that created debt. Uh, almost everybody has taken benefits, everybody's applied uh, to obtain. I mean, they haven't. If you don't have a Social Security number, you can't get, basically, it's almost impossible to get a bank account, to get a job, uh, you can't get driver's license, marriage license, business license. They are forcing you into a state where you will starve to death or starve your family to death. It's very, very hard to survive unless you get numbered by them as an employee, of the federal government because that's what a social security number is. It's your federal employee identification number. So once you've got that, whatever you work at, you know, I actually heard somebody the other day wanting to get paid in cash so that they didn't have to declare it on their income tax. Well, yeah, they do. If you're using that number and you've applied for that number, you have to pay the tax. If you're not using the number, and you maybe applied for it at one time but you've opted out so to speak well now you're in a gray area of debate Now we go to in the free church report that shows how uh, ministers of the church can be excluded not exempted excluded from social security but it's very hard to live that way and we're not telling people to get out of the system we're telling people to seek the kingdom that's where Jesus started and you need to start getting the system out of you. What does the system run on uh, that Procrustean nature of forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare? So you're going to start having your welfare taken care of by faith, open and charity. The best way to start that is start taking care of others because that's where we fell down. We said, well, you know, it's a big hassle doing this or paying for that or taking care of, you know, let's just get force everybody in the community to contribute to our welfare. Because some people aren't contributing their fair share. So we're going to, do force, make them contribute to our welfare. And we have to stop doing that. And this is what Moses was teaching the people in Egypt. Because that's what they had done. They had gone into Egypt. Originally, uh, the pharaoh of Egypt, who didn't have all that much power, he was wealthy uh, and rich, but all the people of Egypt were not even under him. They didn't have to pay an income tax. They didn't have to give 20% of what they earned to the government until after the famine. And then everybody fell under that command to give 20% of everything you earned to the government. In other words, work 20% of the year for the government. And that gave the government a lot of power, and it eventually corrupted the government, and got a new pharaoh, and he was abusive. And I actually believe that what had happened is that if you had a child, you now owed 20% labor for that child. And so with that economic pressure, people were aborting their children. Uh, but... And that's what it says in the New Testament. They were casting out their fetuses. That they use the, specifically the Greek word for fetus. And that's what's happening in America today. Most abortions are taking place because of financial pressure. Where does that come from? From lots of things. From overtaxation to the hidden tax of inflation. Uh, the the figures on inflation. I should send out an article on that. Uh, are just staggering how prices have increased over the years. And, of, of course, prices aren't increasing. The money you have is failing. And that money is based on the Federal Reserve System, which is the unrighteous mammon. It's not just weights and measures. So you have all these different levels. Now, you say, how do we get back? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, like the Israelites. Stop depending on the benefits of Pharaoh, the straw of the Pharaoh. Start gleaning in the field at night for your benefits by taking care of each other. And the only way to do this is to form congregations that you are actually recorded. You stake them out. You say, okay, this guy's with us, this guy's with us, this guy's with us, this guy's with us, guy's with us and he's in our congregation. We're going to look out for these guys. And they, these Congregations are connected with these other congregations through a network of ministers. And if that congregation over there has trouble, we're going to help them too. We don't have to, but if we want to be free someday, we have to because that's the way it works. You have to care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. You have to bind each other together with faith, hope, and charity. You have to develop the honor and virtue of a free society and flex those muscles of a free society by caring about one another. That's the only way you're going to be free. You know, the paperwork, we can show you the paperwork. It's in the Free Church Report and the Minister's Manual, which I was working on again the other day in my spare time.
4: <laughs> Is that the one you're working on?
0: Uh, I'm working on that. and I, uh, I'd, I'd love to have them all done <laughs> by next Thanksgiving so that you could also read... Pilgrims and strangers.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that would be a good one. We have a caller on the line. Okay.
7: Hi, this is Doug on Tennessee, and uh, i got a question for you. Okay. Um, I uh, congregate with some folks over in North Carolina, and uh, I've got a friend that that he would make a great minister of record, but he doesn't want to go on the record. Is there any solution for him so this name and address and details aren't, you know, open to the whole world on a website that he can become a uh, minister?
0: Well, we don't. I don't think we lunch. have anybody's name and address. They uh, have some names up there, but we don't have to have their address up there. We may have an email up there pretty soon uh, for a lot of them. Uh, but you know, the fact is, is. Uh, this is not a secret kingdom. <laughs> Maybe there's somebody in, <laughs> there's somebody in in your group that doesn't mind uh, sticking their head up a little bit. Uh, the you know that that was one of the amazing things about uh, Christians now. You don't necessarily have to go up on the website with all the details. All the ministers of record have access to our preparingyou. dot uh, com uh, wiki site, and they can put up. Information about their congregation, but we have to have a way of finding you. You have to be connected with the other ministers. Uh, you don't have to put your name and address and your geographical location on the Wiki site, but there has to be some way. And with email, you can remain fairly anonymous uh, as far as the rest of the world is concerned. We have our Google Maps up, and we just put initials there so that you know we got somebody there. But we're very protective of who's who, and that's what, you know, you need to get to know the other congregations. If you just want to save your own congregation, you're not thinking kingdom, you're thinking congregational. We don't necessarily put up addresses. We ask everybody, uh, you know, what they want us to put up. But in order to be a contact minister to be listed on the net, we need a picture and a short blurb, but you couldn't find most of those people just based on what you see on the net unless you wrote them and they wanted to tell you. And we encourage people to meet, you know, like in coffee shops at first when you're meeting somebody straight off the net. Uh, Don't you invite them to your house uh, because there's a lot of abusive people out there, but some of us are going to have to stand up. I mean, I'm standing up. I got my head stuck out. My family's all in jeopardy by saying these things. Uh, and uh, I think that we need to be of courage. And, you know, if you want to be free and not courageous, it's not going to work. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that's, just the, that's just the way it's always been. Uh, hopefully you can find somebody who has the courage to stick their head up a little bit. And we will protect your uh the best we can uh, protect your identity so that people aren't just stopping in left and right. Uh,
4: But anyway... uh, We don't really have that problem either. (laughs) We're not being swarmed uh, by people.
0: We're not. Uh, But, of course, if we get more notoriety, we get on a couple of big radio shows that we will have more people. But, you know, right now we're thinning out our ministers and and, even our PCMs uh, that they need to get on board with you know the basics here, in order to uh, you know if we go get more and more people that start coming, I just seen somebody sign up during the show uh, on one of the groups. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, uh, th- that number could increase by day by day. But if we have lots of PCMs that really don't get the picture, really don't see the kingdom, and that's why we've written these books and we make them available for free. That uh, uh, you know that it's, it is a kingdom of courageous people who stand up and because nothing we're saying is illegal, what we're saying is right, and we show this in the Free Church Report, and we've gone to great lengths to try to find out if it's legal or not legal. And there will be a time where a lot of us will be more underground, but somebody's got to stick their head up in order to start gathering points I'm constantly pointing people to the local congregations because I'm not going to be able to help people I still get people who write me from way on the other side of the country asking me to answer questions they should be able to answer close by and they they don't pick contact ministers they don't form the network they just want to come to me well you're going to wear me out Uh, they're going to wear Moses out (laughs) so they have to form a network and, and the way you do it is you guys pick somebody you trust and then we put them in contact with other men that we're beginning to learn to trust. And the more we do that, the more that network will begin to create the bonds necessary for a free society. You cannot be in a free society and sit on the couch all day or hide out, you know. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I can give you any more of an answer than that. <laughs> You cannot well, I, hide right your your under a bushel basket. <laughs> Go ahead.
7: I said I appreciate your answer, and I'm hoping he's listening.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> I think I think that fellow there from Tennessee has called in before. I don't know if he's still there, but uh, why don't he stick his head
4: up? <laughs> Go for it. You God. know,
0: yeah, we, yeah. We had a, a conversation this weekend with somebody who uh, is. Uh, leader, and uh, he has a number of people underneath him. That uh, this is actually in a company that he works for, and uh, he and I both realized simultaneously, and we, uh, you know, uh, we both realized a long time ago. But we actually came to this point where the people who think they're leaders are usually not the good leaders <laughs> <laughs> in the kingdom because the kingdom is the world that's turned upside down or right side up that the real leaders in the kingdom are the best servants in the kingdom the guys who are out there saying you know why don't we get together here or why don't we do this here and they're not out there saying you should do this and you should do that they're actually out there just guiding and and they can see the vision and i wouldn't be surprised if the Doug who called in as the better leader but I don't know these people so I, I can't say for sure but it give it some
4: consideration to, it Doug
3: <laughs>
7: well like like Brother Gregory says if if first of all if three people have to uh, have to uh, uh, vouch for you that you're a leader for one and for two well if if uh, I was to be a leader I'm not going to promote myself and I, I don't even wish to be. If <laughs> others believe it, you know, they haven't swarmed me, you know, so. Yeah. And uh, well, I've got my hands pretty full as it is, I I kind of need to minister myself.
0: Yeah. the uh, That's one of the things also, the minister in the kingdom of heaven, the leader in the kingdom of heaven is the servant, the best servant of servants, the servants of servants. And so, therefore, Okay, we have a couple of these minister servants out there, and their congregation is not really supporting them. Uh, They're still paying most of the expenses, which are minor, you know, postage and things like that, uh, out of their own pocket. Uh, they, They don't get enough donations to even support the efforts that they're making for the minor little expenses. people are sitting around waiting for the kingdom to just suddenly be there and greg's forming something so we'll wait till he's got it done and then we'll just become members of that Mm -hmm. uh it doesn't work that way uh it's grassroots you have to pick somebody who actually shows up and is there on your behalf cares about you cares about your group it's not somebody who is good at saying, okay, everybody, you do this and do that. You know, one of the common things that people notice about me after a while, or some of them notice, is that when people call up and say, what should I do? And I said, I haven't got a clue. I don't know what you should do. I'm not that kind of leader. I'm not going to tell you what you have to do on an individual basis. I'm just talking principles here. So when people start thinking leaders in a pure republic, they should be thinking who's servant? Who, who cares about us? Who? And who I mean, us. all he's going to do is going to check on whether the widow needs help. He's not going to take all the money out of his pocket and support the widow. Everybody else in the congregation is supposed to be putting money in his pocket to support the widow. He's already giving up his time to give a call and check and see if the widow needs help. He's already called around and checked all, and made sure everybody, how's everybody doing this week? He's already checking them, because he cares about them. And you you know, uh, a lot of times, if you go to your common churches today, 90% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Those are the ministers, but they're they're actually the servants, (laughs) they're the ones that are doing all the stuff. But they don't think of themselves as a minister. Oh, well, we're just helping out. Well, that's what a minister is doing. And every member of the congregation, people always say, oh, we don't need a minister. We're all ministers. Well, then you help this guy who's checking on everybody else by paying his gas. You know, by supporting him. He put in five hours this week. That's I mean, it really doesn't take a lot now. Uh, It's going to take a lot in the future, but... uh, you know, th- there's going to be a lot of birth pains in this idea of having a voluntary government. When they were, the volunteering governments in Spain were building roads and schools and, uh, you know, building hospitals. Uh, well, personally, I think that the best is hospices and homes and not centralized hospitals of disease. <laughs> and the same with schools, there should be homeschooling, but... Uh, you certainly could have a common library where people could come and share books but you could do that from the homes as well but you need somebody that if all the libraries are in everybody's home and the kid's learning something a kid wants to learn um, nuclear physics or whatever <laughs> you say hey well you know we got a guy in the network who's a nuclear physicist he can help your son out <laughs> so let's get him together that's all he's supposed to do. He's not supposed to be working full time uh doing all the work himself. Everybody in the congregation is supposed to be contributing time, energy, funds, whatever it is. If people aren't willing to do that, then the burden's gonna fall on this one guy, and he's gonna be wore out and you're not going to have a free society and that's taking back your responsibilities. Everybody's got to do it,
4: so everybody's got it there. What part of Tennessee are you in, Doug?
7: Uh, East Tennessee, Knoxville area. Okay. I've I've got some some I've got lots of friends around here that well uh, I've only got a few of them that really get the kingdom concept and even a lot of uh, people that uh, are in the uh, Luther Sabbath keeping group that I've been part of for a while first of all, I just got to object in today to the word church, mm-hmm. and you know, there's there's hang up on language, you know. Yeah,
0: that, uh, yeah, we didn't like, like the word church either them. when we first started, but the fact is that's the word that they translate ecclesia into, but we define it, so we're redefining the word. Yeah, we're not your church on the street corner. Well, were you at the Wayne's? Uh, Waynesville meeting? Yes.
7: Oh, yeah, you were? Far,
0: I the first time. Okay. Okay, so I'm, I'm getting a picture. I, I'm terrible at names, but I, uh, I'm getting a picture of who you are. So, uh, I mean, there were some other people around there. Uh, all you need is, you know, a contact point. Your contact minister doesn't have to be the actual minister. He's just your contact point. So anybody can stand up and be that contact point. And the reason we need that is because of the fact that you're not thinking kingdom unless somebody's sticking their head up and, you know, and they don't have to necessarily be on the net all the time, but there's lots of different ways we can do this, but right now we're on the net mostly, so, you know, we're not creating a secret society, but we are a private society, and we're here to protect the privacy of everybody else. but somebody like I say is going to have to stick their head up but uh, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can't find more people and find somebody has the courage to stick their head up and and don't you know we have uh, you know people get on the main thing and all these other stuff we define all this stuff and show what it really means and you'll see a common theme of, of, of liberty and direction that pulls us towards liberty but it you cannot get there without taking on the responsibilities of that free government. But anyway, thanks for calling. Doug. Thank you. Bye.
4: We also have another caller that's already on the line. Okay. You still there? Good caller? morning. Good morning.
1: Hi, this is Heather from Bend. Oh hi. Hi. Local how you call? doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I just first of all I wanted to say thank you to you and Paul for every week in, you know, week in, week out of uh, taking all this time to continue to repeat the message and, you know, just so I know it's a lot of work because just listening is a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs>
1: but um, I do really appreciate it. Um, I wonder, you were uh, earlier talked about getting into um, back in Jesus' day and his apostles and um, just the... Sort of the nuts and bolts of how they believed in the kingdom and how they discovered it was, you know, a real free government um back well, then.
0: You know, yeah, we can do that. Uh we got a little bit of time before the next break, but yeah, that that would be a good subject. Uh, did you have any other question? We can go on that while you're off the air. Oh,
1: I think one of the issues is just that people find themselves so strapped and caught into the hamster wheel of everyday life and trying to survive that when you think about transitioning to, uh, you know, operating in the way of the kingdom, um, it's a big, you know, it's trying to bridge that gap and trying to find the little ways that we can do that. Um, You know, it's easy to help out with a meal here or there or things like that, but but to talk about having such an infrastructure that would really support the people thereof um is is a big bigger jump so maybe being able to visualize or understand how that happened back then or other times in history would help
0: right and so and
1: that that's what, all
0: wh- okay okay well thanks for the call heather yeah heather yeah. was at the re- r- retreat we got to meet her a couple of times because she's not too far. She's only a hundred miles away. It's almost next door. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. The, when people find out that the, that Herod was baptizing people into the kingdom of heaven, uh, they go like, what, "What are you talking about?" They don't they don't have any concept of that. But the reality is that's how you signed up for social security in those days for the Corbin of the Pharisees. Corbin is simply your sacrifice. So they were putting in place an entire social welfare system to signing up, getting a, a identifying stone in Hebrew name, registered with the scribes, and you were now uh, a participator in a social welfare program. And therefore you had to pay the tax. Jesus comes along following John the Baptist's lead, of saying that, no, if you get my baptism, you take care of each other through faith, hope, and charity. If you have two coats, you share them with somebody else. The reality is that that's the way the society had been for thousands of years, and they had moved away from that in this Hellenization of Judea, and now Christ was going to move back. Well, we've been moving in the direction of centralized Social Security to benefactors who exercise authority for a 100 years. And so now all of a sudden we say, let's go back the other way, and it looks like a huge, giant leap. You don't have to make the entire leap, and I'll tell you how it's going to work, is already you see they're not going to have the cost of living increases in Social Security. Uh, They're not going to, the money that you receive isn't going to go as far. Already people who are on welfare and unemployment and, what have you? Uh, that money isn't going to go as far, and you're going to see the benefits decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. Uh, so you're going to have to take care of one another, whether you like it or not. You got to start. the The biggest thing is that people don't realize that Jesus is preaching this as part of His gospel of the kingdom. Most of the churches think that you go to the kingdom when you're dead, and so we have to realize that. And, and they think it's okay to pray to those men who call themselves benefactors, but exercise authority. These are just basic fundamentals. Christ said it is not to be that way. So how do we get back? I'm not saying stop taking Social Security, get away from that. I'm saying start looking in the other direction. Start taking those baby steps. Yeah, maybe it's only a meal. Realize that somebody's in your your building that is uh, sick. I, I, she actually is a caretaker. I happen to know. Actually I have distant relatives that live in her building <laughs> or did for a little while there. Um uh, to to the marriage of my son, uh a ninety year old fellow there, uh was taking care of his sixty some year old son. And now he's taking social security and he has some money of his own and he's kind of a crotchety old guy. <laughs> and but she was doing things to help watch out for him. That were beyond the call of her duties as a caretaker of the building that's a step towards the kingdom it's a little step but it's an important step um, helping out Diane back there in Rhode Island who just lost her husband uh, being there for her that's part of those steps but those steps are going to become bigger and bigger but we it's about direction it's about turning around and realizing we should be going in that direction not in the other direction so many of the people are going in the direction, What more benefits can we add to the government? <laughs> what more power can we give them? And we'll talk about that when we get back to the) King.
2: Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment rights media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our listen and schedule pages on the internet then when you subscribe we will send you the last quarterly mp3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter we will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs we're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host cause and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you do all to the glory of our God and creator for his holy nation the only kingdom that will last forever thank you for listening
3: now listen to me the Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is
4: Caesar. Yeah.
3: Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have.
2: Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now
3: listen to me.
0: Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. We're talking about the kingdom of God as a pure republic. Uh, in the book Higher Liberty, we talk about this. In the book Covenants of the Gods, we talk about it. In Higher Liberty, we point out that the, uh, we give you quotes talking about the early church in America, which was much different than the churches over in England and Europe, because they were much more dependent upon those churches for their daily welfare than they were in Europe. Not that there was huge welfare schemes going on in uh, England or Europe, but there had been the beginnings of such schemes. But uh, the, the early Americans faced such hardships that the church became very important in maintaining order in that society. Many of the people came with a religious background, but they came looking for both a religious and civil freedom. When we look in Black's Law Dictionary, we see the church is one form of government when it defines the church, the church being whatever it was that Christ established by calling out his ecclesia, his ministers that he appointed a kingdom to. And we also see that the word republic talks about a form of government in which the administration of affairs is open to all the citizens. In another sense, it signifies the state independently of the government. See, in the kingdom of God, the state is separate from the church. Did you know that? There's a separation of church and state in the kingdom of God. The state is in the hands of the people. The status of each individual person is independent of each other individual person because they are not persons as a part of a corporate body. They are individuals under God. And so now there's a very interesting concept. So the leaders in the church are titular. We cannot force your contributions. We cannot make laws for you. The law is already made. Don't kill, don't steal, uh, don't bear false witness, don't covet. We can't do anything to return you to the bondage of Egypt. That's already written in our gospel and in the uh, Old and New Testament. So a republic is a state or nation in which the supreme power rests in all the citizens individually. A state or nation with a president as a titular head. Did you know that when they wrote the Apology in 150 A.D. describing the church, describing what Christians were doing, they referred to the leader of every congregation as a president? A civitas, Our civitas is what? This man. But he's titular head. He has no exercising authority. He is a benefactor. He will help distribute the bread from house to house. Rightly dividing the bread and the word from house to house. Because he has authority over the bread, but not over where it came from. It had to be donated freely. You remain king in your household. The foundation of the kingdom is the family unit. There is no corporation of that family unit because as soon as you incorporate a body of families, you've decreased the rights in every family because you've given some right to the corporate body. So how does the congregation remain free, not corporate, not even an association, an unincorporated association. You don't want to even be that. You have to give your contribution entirely. So whatever you give to your leader, your titular leader, is given entirely. And he goes around and makes sure that charity is properly distributed. So we have uh, people say, well, I already give to my neighbor. I help him out and all this stuff. You should do it through someone who is a minister. And then now you're becoming a church. You're recognizing, you know, you make sure, okay, I'll fix this meal. You come by my house, pick it up, and deliver it over there. You can d- deliver it too. But the point is is that you start getting organized in your charity. And we, we saw this in the local town here. Somebody would get sick and everybody would start making them meals and too much food would show up and stuff would start going to waste. So they the women got together and it says, well, okay, you make it on Monday, I'll make it on Tuesday, you make it on Wednesday, and uh, by the time you get to Wednesday, uh, they got too many leftovers, don't make anything on Thursday. So <laughs> so that's so they got organized, and of course, one lady is going to be better at that than another, be, being the kind of key player in that organization. And so, what are the men doing? Well, they cut firewood. Okay? As the social democracy that you created for yourself begins to break down, you're going to have to do more and more and more. The plagues are coming. And this is what... I, Israel was starting to glean in the field at night for its benefits, but not take the straw of the pharaoh, the benefits of the pharaoh. During the plagues, they got real good at that because the government couldn't keep up. I mean, you couldn't even drink the water. Phillos talks about them filling their water, each other's water vases those water vases were water filters made out of ceramics. Do you know how to make those? Those are things that men have to start realizing that if the church is a government, why aren't we governing ourselves and taking care of one another? Yes, it starts with baby steps because it by nature women are more service oriented than men. <laughs> They're out there fighting battles or whatever it is. But the reality is, we need to be in touch with that ourselves and think of service in the form of government, not just the charity. The charity helps form those bonds of caring. But there's the bonds of responsibility and honor. You men, you say you're going to do something, make sure you do it. And uh, this is the way Rome was for hundreds of years. This is the way Rome was, and an operated. Tacitus repeatedly contrasts res publica, which is where we get the word republic, under the emperors, which was the end of the republic, 500 years after the formation of the republic, under the emperors with pre-Augustus, libera res publica, encountering the disasters with Germans inflicted upon the res publica Rome. he distinguishes between the old res publica which he calls the populus Romanus and the new res publica which he calls Caesar the old res publica hardly had the mixed constitution which dreamers assigned it and which actually never can exist now Tacitus believed it never can exist but it did exist in Israel for 400 years it did exist in the early church for hundreds and hundreds of years. All throughout uh, Europe, after the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, there was this titular government. We give examples in the book, That Kingdom Come, how people from all over, not just local congregation, came to each other's aid when somebody was usurping authority in that local community. It can exist. People don't believe it can exist because people don't really have faith in what Christ was preaching. They say they believe in Christ, but they don't. They don't believe that you can have a government that is not like the governments of the Gentiles that exercises authority one over the other. They think they cannot have education without forced public education. They think that you cannot have health care unless you force health care. Now, yeah, the Social Democrats are way over there on, on on the one side, but the Republicans are not far behind them. And we are neither Republican or Social Democrat. We are not neither Greek nor Roman nor slave nor bond. We are turned around and we are seeking the kingdom of heaven. Repentance is about direction. So, yes, they're baby steps now, but let's start making them organized baby steps. Let's just say we're going to get organized and... We're going to make sure that when somebody is sick that the food shows up. And we're, that's what we're going to talk about in church. We're not going to wave our hands over our head and say we've lifted our hands to the Lord. We're going to roll up our sleeves and actually do something of value for our neighbor and learn what that means to do that. I know right near the uh, uh, that uh, uh, apartment building up in Bend that uh, Heather takes care of, there was... The McDonald House where people can come and stay if they live far out away from the hospital and they've got kids or somebody in the hospital they let them stay there for free and com- people all around in the community they fix meals and they bring it there and they provide assistance to the people that come there and it cost them nothing to stay there we should have a his holy church house there why don't we gather together enough to do that find some house that's sitting vacant and say, "Will you loan it to the church to use as a, like McDonald house. And we'll provide it to anybody who comes. And we will make sure there's food there and we'll look for volunteers to do that service. That's the beginning of going in the direction of the kingdom. All voluntary. Like the Oregon uh, uh, disaster team. All voluntary. They've been the first responders at 911. First responders at the uh, hurricane in uh, New Orleans. Over and over again, first responders, all voluntary, all free will offering. That's the direction you're supposed to be going. If your church is doing that, then your church is starting to move in the direction of the kingdom of God. When your church realizes that we should not be praying to the benefactors and we need to start working and creating a network that will not need to do that, Then we'll be on our way. As the plagues come, we will have to do it or perish. But why not start now? Why not start forming those congregations of record now? Why would you get into trouble for forming congregations of record to help one another out? They will give you a wide berth now. Yeah, you'll get persecuted later on. The ministers are going to since the ordained ministers don't have social security numbers so we're we're going to run into a little bit of trouble but if we start working together now we will make a difference I mean you're not in the kingdom because you don't have a social security number you're in the kingdom because you've accepted the responsibility whether free or bond you've accepted the responsibility of caring for your neighbor as much as you care for yourself that's what puts you in the direction or in the bosom of, of Christ Don't get hung up in words. Start doing the deeds. What is faith without works? It's dead. What is the work? Care for one another. Anyway, I peeked over at the chat room. I didn't see much going on there. Uh, any questions <laughs> coming in there? Put question marks after it if you have a question. I'll I'll look over there. Uh, Let's see if we can talk more about what the early church did. That's kind of what Heather was. When they got baptized on Pentecost, they were getting the baptism of Christ. The Bible tells us that if they got the baptism of Jesus Christ and John the Baptist, they were cast out of the welfare system that was operated through the temple and all the synagogues that had been set up by Herod. They were opting out. Now, anybody who was in need of assistance, blind or otherwise, had to go to church, had to go to the apostles, had to go to those ministers to get it. And they were seen working daily in the temple, a government building, because they had another king, Jesus, and Rome said Jesus was the king of Judea, and Jesus was appointed that kingdom to his apostles who became the princes of that kingdom, but they had their instructions. Okay, you know your taxes. So on tax day, you went to where? The temple. To pay. To who? The money changers. But the money changers' temples tables had been taken away from them and appointed to another. Well, some people still elected their ministers the way they had always done it, and these were the Pharisees and some of the Sadducees, etc., but some of them were electing the apostles and men like Barnabas. So when they went to pay taxes, they could go to those men and pay their taxes. And those men would give them a sheet of paper that says "paid in full," so that they could. And that eventually became known as the logos, mentioned in the statutes of Justinian Code. They had a logos; you could could not arrest them for failure to pay taxes because they had a logos. I have paid my taxes. to the apostles. Now, the apostles have a rule that, oh, you come there and you go to pay your taxes and you, you, you what do you owe? $3,000 in taxes? $5,000, $10,000 in taxes? But you don't have it. It's hard times, famine. Break down. You say, I, I don't have that. Okay, what do you have? I only have 2000 Okay, pay that. Pay in full. They were already given those instructions. Once you realize that Jesus is preaching a government The kingdom of God. The right to be ruled by God. Now you have a direction to go towards. You're not going to jump into the kingdom. You've got to work towards that. How do you work towards that? Start forgiving the debt that all your neighbors owe you through Social Security, because that's what it is. It's a debt. When you pay Social Security, you're taking care of the needy at that time. You have nothing on deposit for you. So you need to help if you need your social security, you need your welfare, you need your unemployment. You can collect it if you want, but if you can find another way to go and say, I forgive that debt. You don't owe me anything. I've got another way to go. I'm going to take care of it over here with these people who care about my rights and care about me. Yeah, my standard of living might go down a little bit. I'm going to have to work a little bit harder, but I'm going to go in this direction and you need to start going in that direction now because the unrighteous mammon is going to fail. In the meantime, pay your taxes, whatever you owe. I don't know what individuals owe. And I don't know where their status is at or any of that stuff. But if you owe it, pay it. Be faithful to the unrighteous mammon. Don't cripple yourself by getting rid of your numbers before you're ready. But start turning around and working in that other direction, counting the cost realizing that if I put my hand to the plow that's the ministers, the ordained ministers putting their hand to the plow that there's no turning back you can't go back and forth you got to go one way or the other well actually when you plow you do go back and forth but you don't <laughs> let go of the plow uh, you don't go back to the original spot you go to the next spot <laughs> at the other end of the field so anyway that it starts. it can start with lots of little things and people don't even have to know that it, how far you're going to take them. They just say, "Well, you know, this is good. These people are helping people. Let's let's be a part of them." And what's going to happen is exactly what you you see. Leave these people alone. Yeah, they're 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 looking to serve one another, not just ourselves, but then again, serving others outside of our own congregation. Start becoming a nation of servants. Start learning what it means to serve one another. Start these little charitable projects. Uh, another little deal is what we could do if you had a congregation of record, we create ID, create a little course uh, that you can take, and then you can go into hospitals. And we we've mentioned this before, become the visitors. You know, it's 100 miles for us to go to a hospital, but if you're in a town near a hospital, Get together with your congregation and say, we're just going to go in there and visit. Just go in there and preach a little bit of love. Don't go start preaching Greek and Hebrew and all that kind of stuff unless they're interested. Just go start touching their lives, healing their anger, healing their resentments. A lot of these people are abandoned by their families. Get their families back together. Do what you can in in a concept of service, taking care of the elderly. You say, well, we don't have any older people in our, our, our congregation. Well, there's older people in your community. Go out there and put the churches to shame that are not preaching the gospel and start visiting the sick in a way in which you can help them out. Eventually, everybody should have a little sick room in their house, a little guest room in their house, that they can put up somebody who is sick and help and, and heal them. The hospital should be hospitality in every home. Get together with homeschoolers. Like I said this before, if you have a skill or there's people in your congregation that have a unique skill or a business or something like that, go to the homeschoolers and say, oh, we'll give you a tour. We'll, we'll take you to this business or that business. We'll, we'll put on a little show and tell and get to know the homeschoolers. They've already got kingdom tracks, little things. Just start doing things for other people, but do it in an organized fashion as a team effort and then report to other congregations around the country what you're doing. And then they'll say, hey, that looks like fun. They look like they were having a good time doing that. They, they're actually doing good. And then when they pull you over and you show your ID and they say, oh, you're one of those guys. I, you you guys came by and visited my mom when she was sick at the convalescent home. You guys can go. You guys over there are just driving around without a license. You're under arrest. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. It's human nature. That's the way it's going to work. And I tell you another thing that when you start doing caring about others as much as you care about yourself, you open up your heart for the Holy Spirit. And when you are confronting the demons of this world, you will have a, a, when you pull back the veil, you will see an army of angels behind you, and they will tremble at your presence. We've seen this already. It's it's real. You just don't have faith. You have to. It's about direction. It's not about jumping into the kingdom. It's about moving in that direction of righteousness. Moving in the direction of, and uh, so what are you going to do? You decide. I'm not deciding. I'm not going to tell you which one to do. I'm just giving you some ideas. You have to decide what you're going to do to get closer to the kingdom of God and to the ways of God. That's what it was called, the way. What way? A way of faith, way of hope, way of love, of one another. Really simple, but real love, not pew love, not stinky pew love. <laughs> 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 pew in the sense of chair um, or bench. Well, you just sit there and, yeah, I love you. You can be dead next week. I won't even know because I'm never going to come by and check on you. You know, if you need any help, go to the government. Go to the benefactors exercise authority because I ain't going to help you. You know, I'll, I'll I'll put money into the building fund so we can get cushions on the pew. You know, I mean, I'm being sarcastic here, but that's what's going on. That ain't church. You're church. You're the church. You're the. Ecclesia, called out. Called out of what? Called out of sin. Called out of coveting your neighbor's goods. So, anyway, we're
4: getting close to the end here, Paul. Pretty close.
0: Anything you see come up in the chat room?
4: Well, I see I the same God thing you got quiet
0: there for a little while. Oh,
4: <laughs> they <laughs> be getting raptured with your expose. Uh,
0: so, anyway, it's really clear that the Church is a republic. Because it has titular leaders <laughs> and that's the form of government, one form of government, but they lead you towards your responsibilities, they lead you towards service to one another they they're not going to do it all for you uh, they will facilitate your doing of righteousness, and you and like I say, the churches. It, Christ came preaching the kingdom not congregationalism so it's not good enough to find your own little local group you got to connect with other groups so anyway uh,
4: I keep getting flashes of this article that I suppose I'm going to have to write or something because cause I'm seeing these but it's like it, I, the title I would see is Where Have All the Men Gone?
0: oh yeah yeah we've got way too many PCMs that are women and they're good <laughs> <But> <laughs> there's a lot of why, roots out there yeah we need more men <laughs> but uh, the, I always say that when a, uh, a tyrant wishes to subdue a nation first he uh, oppresses the women but uh, uh, women and men both can bring the Holy Spirit into a situation Uh but men have to, I think part of the reason men don't step up is they don't realize that the church is the government of God it's not just you know a sunday or a sabbath you know club uh, where you get together and pat each other on the back for an hour and a half and justify all the things that you failed to do during the rest of the week it is the government of God it, if you if you need to try an issue of law you go to church if somebody from your congregation is dragged into a court unrighteously, every single congregation should be able to call up or go down. Just quietly go down. I tell you, if you pack them in there, they won't want you to come back. Nothing cockroaches hate worse than light. And the more of us that bring that light of love and caring for one another into the situation, the more of these... I mean, these... These judges that are abusing people every day, and and even many of the cops that do this, I'm not saying they're all doing this, they're cowards. They're all cowards. If real courage shows up, the light of courage, they will run. They will flee. But we have to come together.
4: Anyway,
0: we'll see you on the other radio show that we're on at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Until then,
4: peace be upon
6: your house. Thanks, Greg. You have been listening to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.